our new bestie has changed how we track our investments. Why have over 400,000 investors chosen ShareSite? It's simple. This online investment dashboard for your investment portfolio supports over 500,000 stocks, ETFs, and funds, plus integrated with more than 200 platforms, ensures your entire investment portfolio is organized and accessible in one place. Move beyond the limited insights from brokerage statements. ShareSite offers a comprehensive view of your financial performance, including analyzed reports, dividend gains, and the impact of currency fluctuations, all through intuitive graphs and visualizations. But here's the best part. For the investee besties out there, ShareSite is offering a special deal. Save four months when you purchase an annual premium plan. It's time to dive deep into performance metrics, streamline tax reporting, and share your portfolio with ease. Join the link in the episode description to sign up to ShareSite now and transform your investment experience. Hello and welcome to Girls That Invest. Today's Thursday, which means we're bringing you Making Money, a weekly series where we spill the tea on how to create a seven-figure side hustle because no one saves their way to wealth. You're joined today by Sim, a seven-figure business owner, and with me is Maya, an entrepreneur in the making. Hello, Maya. Kia ora, Sim. I have had so much fun with our first episode that we did last week on turning a business idea into reality, coming up with a business idea. We had a lot of great tips and tricks. But now we're going to get into the finer stuff of actually solidifying that business idea and turning it into something that you can almost just go, okay, is this a good idea or not? It's like a little sieve, Mm -hmm. you can say. Little checklist. Yeah, like Simran's checklist or Simran's sieve of like, does this business idea that I have tick off all these boxes? And if yes, it's a green light. It's a green flag. Let's go. There's no more excuses to get get <laughs> getting started. Oh, that one. That Then it means it gets a little bit more daunting because you're like, okay, it's gone through all the checklists. Do you feel like sometimes when it comes to ideas or like business plans, you almost like psych yourself out of them and you're like, oh, it's just not a good idea because it being a good idea means you actually have to then do step mm. two, like the actual planning I definitely think so and I think you can get wrapped up in the pre-phase where you're like okay cool doing it doing it where you kind of can forget like oh now I've got to release it out to the world and then you know start the whole thing all over again it is scary like it's definitely more fun coming up with a business idea than writing a business plan that's for sure yeah but that's the difference between like the dreams and the ideas that we have the like what ifs and I mean it's scary putting it out there but hopefully in this episode and the episodes coming I'll be able to make your mind and anyone listening's mind at ease around you know just getting there because it is so fun and so exciting and if you just know you have that little feeling in you where you're like I know I want to start a business I know I want to put my mark on something I just know that I have it in me keep listening because we'll be spilling some tea today perfect let's get into it Sim what do you have for us so last week we spoke about the three things that I look for to help I guess determine if something's a good idea or not. The first being, is it something that you're passionate about? And that came from, if you don't have passion, you're just less likely to commit to it when it gets tough. Because every business is hard. Even the businesses you love and enjoy and the passions, like people will be like, do something you love and you never have to work a day in your life. That is so BS. <laughs> you will hate anything you do. I mean, I have people in my life that own amazing brands and they still have days that they're just like, oh, I don't have the creativity in me. Yeah, well, life just doesn't work like that. You're not constantly living on a high. It's very normal to ebb and flow. Yes, even in the things Something that- you love and yeah, passionate about. Exactly. And so having a business that's, something that has a passion associated with it just gives you a little bit more juice to keep going Mm -hmm. versus, and I gave an example last week, there was a business I once ran, which was selling sunglasses and it was doing really well, but I ended up selling it because at the end of the day, I didn't have a passion for the 
you know, creativity that came around fashion and accessories and it just wasn't me. And so there was no drive to push you through those hard times to get through to continue the business. Yeah, whenever there would be lulls or moments like, you know, let's create the social feed, I would just be like, I don't care. Mm. And when I started to feel like I don't care, I was like, okay, this is time to let it go. So that's number one. Number two is making it scalable. And what we spoke about last week is when it comes to scalability, it means coming up with an idea that can grow without having to multiply yourself. You don't want to have a business that needs three Simrins or three Myers to run. You want a business that has a single product that you can sell time and time again or a single course or a single digital asset or a, a single, I mean, you know, you, it could literally be mascara. And that's something that's so much easier to sell than one-on-one coaching mm. or one-on-one let's sit down and work out how you budget. That sort of stuff that's is trading difficult. your time for money and you only have X amount of time in the day to do that. And at the end of the day, being a business owner, for most of us, we imagine it as having more flexibility in our schedule or being able to say, hey, mm. I'm going to go to the dentist and I don't need to ask to make that appointment, which was a huge gripe of mine when I was working. Well, same when we both worked at our previous place that we worked. I think we joked we were health professionals and we couldn't even get the time off to get our own health appointments. So, yes, I mean, I feel like obviously they'd always be like, yes, of course, like you can take the time off. But it was just such a it was it was a whole thing. It was definitely harder and I definitely know people who who didn't go to an appointment or booked one later because we wanted to be at Mahi and help at, at work. And and you kind of felt like you were letting someone down if you went for your yeah. appointment knowing that someone else also needed to go. <laughs> yeah, which then <laughs> like crazy. leads to the idea of, well, if I have my own business, then I'll have more freedom of time. Yes. But if you start a business that makes you time poor, you're back in square one yeah. and you're just like, okay, now my boss is me, but like if I don't show up, then, then no one is, no one's showing up. Work doesn't happen. And that's not ideal. And then the third was finding a gap. And that just meant finding something that is specific to you. You understand and you can see, hey, we need like this kind of product and no one's doing it. Like no one's making this like biodegradable version of a product that we're all loving and using. And finding a niche and then finding a gap in that market Mm -hmm. just to clarify a gap also means point of difference niche am i right yeah so niche just means like the group or i was going to say the niche just means the niche you're in but that's not very helpful is it (laughs) the niche just means the field that you're in so you could be niched into fitness but then you can niche down even further into wellness so kind of like genre your genre okay oh my god yes that's the best way to put it whenever i go and speak in america they say niche do they yeah and it Mm. really (laughs) okay it really (laughs) was hard i was like i did a talk once and i was like I know you want me to say niche i want to say niche but no part of my being feels like that's a word that exists it doesn't it sounds like itch it's not mm. and there's an e at the end of it yeah do you know what i mean anyway i'm getting sidetracked yeah so those are the first three things but then i have seven more lovely which makes it a total of 10 things that you need on a checklist to make sure that your business idea is a winner and if it has it all congratulations like we move on to the next step and if not at least you can weigh up different ideas and go well idea one that I have, you know, it's seven out of 10 of the things that I need that I can tick off. But maybe idea two only has like four out of 10 things on this checklist. And so at least I know which one is stronger and Mm. I can go with that because a lot of us have a lot of ideas. It's just how do you get into it? And how do you know that the business is needed you will make money from it and you won't be wasting your time. Yeah, because that's a big one, right? Like you could spend, and I've seen this happen a lot and I've done this myself, like you spend so much time looking for the perfect branding, the perfect website, the perfect logo, you spend hours and hours doing that, but not spending, you know, even half that amount of time on, well, what do people really need? Or like, Mm. is this even a viable idea? Because that's not the fun stuff, but it's like the... 
Well, I find it fun, but I guess it's not as exciting. Yeah. And essentially you're creating a business or a side hustle to make money and you need to make sure that this is something that people will buy and it is sellable. Yeah. I love it. That's <laughs> as simple as that. That's all we need to know. In fact, let's wrap up right <laughs> I'm kidding. I think, so the first three things we've spoken about, the fourth thing that is really important that is part of my checklist to know if it is a good business idea is do people come to you for it? Like, are you naturally the person? And this is also a way to work out if you're just like, I have no idea what business to even choose or Mm -hmm. think about. What are you known for? Like, take a second to be like, do people come up to you and go, hey, like Maya, do you mind proofreading this? Or like, are you the friend that people go, hey, I've got this problem in my relationship. Like you're really level headed. Are you that friend? Are you the friend that people come to when they need organization? Like, are you the friend that people come to when they need like nutritional help? Like we all have friends in our lives that we can clearly see what their strengths are and what their passions are. And we love to go to them for those things. I found myself being the friend people would come to about money or people would come to about business and Mm -hmm. so those were like naturally the things I enjoyed the exact same as like people would send me videos of like feminist hot takes and they would be like what are your thoughts just to like rile with me a little bit yeah I was like it's because I am that friend that loves to talk about these things and that was what I did with my first brand the Indian feminist Mm -hmm. it became a social media account where we just spoke about the issues around the world and the hot takes and so you want to find what are you kind of the friend that people come for and that might really help guide you or is the idea that you have something that you can see people naturally being like oh yeah like Maya's the person that I come to for skincare tips so of course she's going to start up her skincare brand. Mm, I think that's such a helpful tip and something that you've told me before and even I asked my partner I said I know I'm good at things but I couldn't yeah I think just lack of direction I was like okay what would my business idea I have an idea of what I want to create but there are quite a few that I don't know how to distinguish from them so I did I asked my Tani I asked my partner I said what do you think I'm good at? What would you come to me for advice? And he gave me a few things and I was like, perfect. Oh, I love that. What was, like, can you share with us one of the examples they gave? Yes, I can. He said that I make people feel comfortable and create a safe space for people to be around and very approachable and yeah, just kind of open up a space for people to feel welcome and to feel included oh that's so true yeah I thought it was very sweet (laughs) okay all right that is very sweet and lovey-dovey and we put an end to that right here Mm -hmm. this is a serious podcast Maya love is serious Simran you know what else is really serious Mm -hmm. finding the right business idea yes one of the things that like you can take from that because for those listening a little bit of context around Maya is one of her like greatest maybe passions in life is like helping Māori especially in New Zealand and people of color with their health Mm -hmm. and especially with health literacy so that Mm -hmm. is if you're not very aware about the way it kind of works in New Zealand it's kind of like how it works in most countries where once we've had colonization the indigenous population have been extremely underrepresented in healthcare, which means really poor health outcomes. Mm-hmm. Indigenous people have poorer health outcomes and also poorer, what was I want to say, life expectancy, yes. which is out of control. Yep. Even in this day and age. In this day and yeah. age. And so the idea of like, this is just my thought, and I might be completely wrong, but if I'm right, I want this to be a sound bite so we can come back to it. Yep. I just see you having your own like health consultancy firm or some kind of like becoming like some kind of health professional where you're like, come Mm -hmm. over and let me sort out (laughs) 
<laughs> your life yes. and your health. Yes. And like a very holistic but like still evidence backed way. Is literally exactly what I want to do. And to put a Te Ao Māori perspective, so a Māori framework, we have quite a lot. Yes, yeah, so our current health system is not designed for Māori and Pacifica to thrive. And we definitely need to, I think, just really start from just in general health literacy because it's such an unsafe space, can be an unsafe space for our people to enter into and just making it more of a topic a point of discussion for people to feel comfortable to talk about their health and their priorities and stuff like that and put a Chao Māori perspective in it. It's so amazing and it just goes to show the beauty of like going up to someone that knows you well, in your case your partner, and being able to say, I'm sorry, I do I do love Julian, yeah. being able to say, hey, what is it about me that you like can pick out as a strong point in my personality and if yours is like that then you can kind of go well this is my passion and this is what people know me for so like this is how you can do it yeah you've got just more of a path and that is just one of the most important things finding something that people come to you for changes the game the next is more of like a practical one and I don't love the practical tips because I'm like oh so boring numbers but at the same time I'm like important necessary necessary Mm. we are working in like the business world um and it comes down to having a sufficiently large market now what i mean by that yeah what does that mean well this is what i'm here for Mm -hmm. it means that you're able to go okay this is my niche or this is my field this is my genre but is my genre large enough are there enough people that need the service right so if your service in your case was like hey i want to help Māori mothers who want holistic child birthing experiences and I Mm -hmm. want to become a midwife and start my own holistic midwifery service and I only want to operate it in the Waikato like that is really niche Mm. like you can put a number how many Māori women are there but then how many Māori women are there from the age group of being able to be pregnant Mm -hmm. which makes it smaller because not everyone is in that category then how many of them want to be pregnant Mm. and then it gets smaller and then how many of them can and then how many of them want holistic care versus you know maybe a more traditional Traditional midwife yeah Yeah. and then how many of them have the time the energy the resources to access that care how many you know like it just becomes smaller and smaller and you end up with maybe a pool of people that Uh, maybe in the hundreds and those are only the people that are eligible it's not the people that will even take up the service Mm. you know like if you show an advertisement on social media to like a thousand people two percent of them will maybe click on it and so you can imagine like how many people you need in a market to have enough interest to then gain enough business and so it just means and it's a good thing to do because then you can go well actually this is a great idea. I might just have to make it more larger. Or maybe I won't just do one area. I'll do Take out the cities. region from it. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe I'll add in other services so it's not just like one. And so I'm reaching people that also have hit menopause and or also like preteens. Like there's so many ways that you can make it more expansive. Exactly. To create a bigger pool yeah just a bigger population of people that can be your customers Mm. and so my first experience with the Indian feminist was that it was such a cool business and there's a lot of South Asian women around the world and men that are interested but it was still very concentrated to one culture and if you didn't like I remember one of my friends being like I love your brand Sim but she was East Asian and she was like I love your brand but I just I don't want to buy your merch because I feel like it's appropriating yeah yeah one I don't see me in it but two like I want to support but it feels like I'm appropriating your culture by wearing shirts that may be written in Hindi or have like South Asian references and Mm. I was like oh so my brand is too niche down to some degree And the beauty of why I think Girls That Invest worked out is we were Girls That Invest, Sonia and I, but it didn't mean you had to be a girl that listened in. You could be just anyone that felt like they wanted to learn more about investing 
And that's a much larger group mm. than South Asians and that want to learn about like activism. Yeah. And being at any part of the investing journey as opposed to being at a specific type. It's expansive where people from different areas and different journeys in the investing journey can join up. Absolutely. And then there's the opposite problem of being too large that you just like you're not targeting anyone. Right. Yeah. So if one of my thoughts was what if we just spoke about all things personal finance, all things money? And then I was like, no, that just won't work because we just won't have a point of difference. There's already really great money blogs, podcasts, books, platforms. YouTube channels, platforms that mm. do this well, but there's not a lot of investing specific ones. And so you have to find that sweet spot between it is niche enough that people are interested in it and you're different, but not so niche that there's only 20 people that would even buy your service. Do you have a tip for how people can can measure that or is that purely doing your own kind of market research to find what the sweet point of how large that size is for you? So I didn't do this with numbers when I first came up with it. It was more just like a thought like there's enough people around the world that would be interested in this but Mm. there is actually a like proven way of doing this and you work out like when you do a pitch deck so if you were ever pitching your business to like a venture capitalist or something you would do this where you go okay I am based in America and there are let's say 150 million women in America and my product is a period product so there's only 20 million American women and people that identify as women who uh, bleed Mm -hmm. and then you narrow it down and go 50% 50% of them like are using contraception contraception or like you know so xyz so it gets smaller or like so you're able to work that down based off research and go well what's the data show like how many people use this stuff or how many people have these views and therefore your number gets smaller mm-hmm. till you get a number you say this means my total market of who I can reach is 1 million women from the big you know, 300 million Americans in the country. Right, and that is just a lot more technical where there are some kaupapa, some topics where you already know without having to do that data rangaho, that data research by saying, thinking, actually, no, a lot of people invest, a lot of women invest or want to invest, so you didn't have to do any of that kind of stats or or stuff like that. So there can be a way where you can even where that's could you just talk to people that you know or people that are big in the business that you want to be in and just say hey what have you noticed a pattern for the target market yeah absolutely one of the research that I did was looking at data that asked like how many women already invest and that Mm. number was quite low so from that I was like oh at that time it was only like 16% of women wow and I was like well that leaves a larger chunk Mm. of people that want to so that was number five finding a idea that has a sufficiently large market Mm -hmm. number six is testing the idea on a personal level and this is if you are my friend Maya, I'm sorry. This is what I have done constantly. And Maya's laughing because I think she's heard it all. Mm -hmm. But it's just, it's those lunchroom chats that you go up to your friend or your colleague and you're like, hey, I have this idea. What if I did this thing? And Mm -hmm. you kind of just test the waters. It's not a big thing. I didn't make a website. But like, how would you feel if I started this brand and you kind of just get a taste of what people say yeah and the trick is to ask a lot of people because I remember with Girls That Invest I asked two friends and one of them was like absolutely this is a great idea and the other friend was like what would make you different from maybe the other just like googling like how to invest like what sets you apart and I was like that is rude but that's a good point (laughs) yeah I didn't think of that Yeah, so Mm. that like made me go, well, what is different? Like, you know, I need to have a point of difference. And so being able to get a feel for what people think is so important because you can just see Mm. to you it could be the best idea in the world, but to everyone else they might go, well, I don't actually need that. Yeah. Have you done that before? I've done that 
I think with fleeting ideas, I'm like, oh, this will be a cool idea. And then speak to a few people and like, oh, actually, I don't really think, or actually there's something that's already here and da 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 and all of that kind of stuff. But I'm just thinking... <laughs> And I know, I'm sorry to bring quotes into it again, Sim, but you know, when you get an opinion about an outfit and it's kind of, you, you need to find the sweet spot where if you ask too little, you're kind of not really getting any help. But if you ask too many, then there's too many cooks in the kitchen. Yes. You know? Oh my God. That's so true. Yeah. Like you've got to find, personally, I think five people. Five, five people? people. That's okay. enough. It's an odd number. Would you say, do you want it just to be very specific? Do you mix it up to people in your life or like like your close friends, your whanau, your, or your extend family. it out yeah. to like coworkers or, you know, new friends that you've met? That's a great question. I keep it to the first part, like testing on a personal level. I keep it to people I know. But in a circle, my inner circle. Mm -hmm. But my rule of thumb is I don't put too much weight if they're not in the industry. That's so smart and something that I've never thought of. For me, what I mean by that is like if someone goes, Oh, that's such a great idea, but like logistics might be hard. If that's not a person that has a business, I don't take it with as much weight as someone that has a business. Cause I'm like, Oh, like you've done it. So you, you have a better understanding of what the reality is. Like you've walked the walk. Mm -hmm. Whereas like maybe if it's your, family or a relative it's like oh that's kind like you're coming from a caring place mm. but you've not done these things so this is just like opinion so yeah. you, you just take everything with a grain of salt but it does lead you i mean if five out of five people say it's a bad idea look it, it may not be the best idea it's not the final decider like if everyone says this wouldn't work but you deep down just know you should I mean, still do it. You just have to find the sweet spot. And to also back yourself as well. Backing yourself is so important. I mean, if I had a dollar for every time someone was like, are you sure you want to do that? And I just still did it. I think I'd have a few dollars, like maybe $25. But not seven figures. Good one. (laughs) (laughs) Now, the seventh thing that you need to do is trying to decide if your idea is one strong offer or if it's lots of different offers because that makes a huge difference if you're coming out with something out of thin air, so to speak. What I mean by that is if you've noticed some of the biggest and best brands in the world, they don't turn up like Apple, for example, they don't turn up with, hey, here's this entire line of like different Apple products you can buy. It's we have one star. We have like one product that is like our shining beacon. And this is just what we're known for. And so Apple was like known for the Mac. Mm -hmm. Like before the iPod came out, before the iPhone came out. I mean, obviously technology changed. They couldn't have probably come out with all those things at the time. But they weren't like, hey, we also make really good keyboards and hey we also make really good mouses and really good speakers and headphones it was just one product and if your business idea is something that's like this is just my one single thing that I'm really good at it is so much easier for consumers to understand it to latch onto it and for you to be the leader in that particular thing than turning up with 50 million products all at once because that's confusing for the average person right so doing one thing really well as opposed to doing 10 things a little bit uncooked yeah and honestly even if they were all 10 really amazing things it's less about that it's more like as consumers we don't want to know all these things about your business we just want to be able to put you in that category and go oh that's that really cool phone case business right that's just that really cool gene business so for example like good american by chloe kardashian i mean they do bikinis now they do so much they do loungewear boots yeah shoes oh my goodness i had no idea but when they started it was jeans they were known as inclusive jeans i'm sure they had the idea of doing everything else after same with skims now they do loungewear they do robes they do like pajama sets but when they started it wasn't underwear it wasn't bras it was 
shapewear. We're the shapewear company. And so once you come in with one product, people understand what you're about. It is simple. you expand. And then you expand. So you want to start with a business where there is just one thing you're going with and then growing outwards. For business owners, every transaction is more than just a swipe of the card. It's the culmination of your hard work, dedication, and commitment to your customers. That's why I'm excited to share with you a game-changing solution that's simplifying the way businesses like yours accept payments. Introducing Tap to Pay on iPhone, powered by Stripe. Contactless payments has never been easier. You can seamlessly accept contactless payments directly from your iPhone and the best part, there's no additional hardware required. Think about it, from local pop-ups to global retailers, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe cater to businesses of all sizes, empowering them to accept payments right from their iPhones. It's a game changer for businesses looking to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup that takes minutes, not days. So how can tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe benefit your business? It's simple, increased revenue, expanded reach and enhanced customer experience. It's a win, win, win. To learn more about how tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe can transform your business, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone today. Thank you. Yeah, I never thought of it like that before. People want simple stuff and they just want to be able to go, what's this new brand? Oh, they make jeans. That's easy for me to know. Now, number eight is testing your idea out on a community level, and that's through social media. So at this point, we have worked out that this is something that people come to us for. We have found that there's enough market for it. We've tested the ideas with our friends and family. We have one strong idea, one strong offer. Now it's time to take your business idea onto social media Mm -hmm. or in a community in person works too social media is just what i found to be easier especially if you're someone that you know doesn't have access to a car or you can't like you're a student and you don't have time or you're a parent creating a facebook group or an instagram or even now a tiktok is mm-hmm. probably the more ideal way of doing it by testing out to see if people are even interested in that niche or that genre i love calling it a genre now That's a good gauge to see outside of my friends and family. Do people care about this? Right. Testing it on the community. I have a side question. Is it best when you're starting out, this is your business, or even as a side hustle, would you say to people to set up a separate social media account specifically for this kaupapa for that topic? Or would you say test it out on your personal accounts first and then you can transition later because you're only in the testing phase what would you recommend first separate account separate account 100 okay and that's hard i mean i still remember with my businesses i was like there's three people that follow this account all three of them are my friends like it's so embarrassing trying to make a post and it like gets one like and it's you that's liked it but that's just how support. that's just how you start out yeah the beauty of tiktok is you can start with zero and it is so much easier to scale than what instagram was like because with instagram you first needed people to follow Mm. to even see your content with tiktok you can have zero followers and put out stuff that is sent to tens of thousands of people so you would recommend tiktok as the preferred social media platform in 2023 Absolutely. TikTok. I mean, TikTok and Instagram, but if you had to choose, try TikTok. And what you're doing with this account is you're not sharing your product just yet. So let's say your product is earrings. Mm -hmm. You're not sharing the earrings yet. You're sharing concepts around fashion, around earrings. You're sharing ideas that would be of similar interest to that product. So something that, and I'm not saying that I'm supportive of the product of this brand but it was really good marketing the skinny is it skinny me tea skinny fit tea oh do you know what i'm talking about i remember the detox tea so when that started they started out initially by making content around lifestyle and being healthy and like fitness videos and things like that and then they ended up building a following of people that cared about like physical wellness yeah 
And then you come up with a product like the tea and suddenly you're talking to an audience that already knows you, loves the brand, views you as someone that shares free information. Now you've got a product, of course, they're more likely to support it than if they saw you for the first time. Right. Okay. So you start separate account. Yes. 2023 TikTok. You really don't want a separate account, do you? No, I'm I'm just asking. Some people might not, you know? Okay. So TikTok, 2023, separate account and start fostering the community and the space and the genre that you have a product. So instead of going in cold with your product and trying to sell to people that you don't know, create a community to build up that trust and so you know that the community is interested in the product that you are selling. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. Why did you sound confused? Oh, just, <laughs> I'm just um, here to clarify things. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely right. So long story short, community first, then product. And the best part about doing that is you might go, oh, I'm putting all this free content out there and people are giving me one of two things. They're either saying they're not interested, it's not getting likes, it's not getting views. And you go, okay, well, maybe people just don't care about this as much as I do. And that saves you the time and effort. Like you can kind of end it there. Mm-hmm. Or you can go, okay, there's a little bit of traction. I remember when I started Girls That Invest and I made a Facebook group that very night, two friends messaged me I mean it was friends so maybe it was a little bit biased but they weren't close friends two friends messaged me and they were like oh how did you know I wanted to learn about share market investing like this is such a great idea and I was like okay like community wise like this is it people are interested I also remember you Maya when we were working you were like Simran this is this is it yeah. And I was like, no, it's not. Like, this is just so fun. <laughs> like, this is a fun podcast that I do. And I've roped Sonia into it. And, like, don't get my hopes up. And you're like, no, Simran, this is this, your thing. Like, from the beginning, I was like, this is amazing. This is what we need. She believed but was still hesitant, which I think everyone would. And I remember, I'm not sure how long you were doing it for, but you got the sign the girls that invest neon sign oh yes i got gifted yeah. a neon sign yes. yeah and i was like if this isn't your sign <laughs> to show you that this is it no it's right in front of you that's doll. so true and you took a photo and yeah. i was like oh this is embarrassing like it's still a neon sign in my bedroom so in my cute. desk like it wasn't a big it wasn't an office I mean no it was just at the end of her bed just <laughs> like just arrived assembling it and I was like Simran this is insane so back to the testing the idea out long story short what you're trying to do is can I put this on social media can I put out tips around my genre that are helpful and do people engage with the free tips because everyone appreciates tips everyone appreciates behind oh, the scenes I love it right I have so my save button on Instagram is like my favorite thing because you can go back and look at what the tips were and especially if it is something you're interested in then you can always save it and go back to it. It's amazing. Like if you decide, look, I want to be a professional nutritionist that has her own company, then you start off with like just, you know, free recipe tips or like hacks that people don't know of or things that are just simple and they don't have to be high production quality. They can just be you and your car. If, Mm -hmm. If anything, those TikToks do the best when you just look like a normal person in your car sharing you know a hot take or a fun fact and that's just allowing you to work out okay do people care about this enough to like or comment other comments I want to hear more about this or is there just no engagement and you do that for at least three months because you've got to give it time okay it's three not months a, it's not a week thing okay if you don't get a like in a week that's just social media it's not <laughs> that your idea is bad is with the three months also should you have a posting schedule like you mentioned last week with looking into your business as a global business and I'm sure a global business would set up a posting plan is that something you would recommend at the beginning in this testing phase yeah and even if that plan is just I'm going to post one video on Monday Wednesday and Friday or I'm going to post one 
post on Instagram, you know, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday rather than a video, like whatever it is, you're, you're sticking Just to a plan. have a plan. It doesn't need to be complicated, but stick to a plan and consistency. Yeah. And you will find out in three months if people like the idea or not. And if they do, you get rewarded by having a maybe small, but very like educated and engaged community that will be very excited when you do go, hey guys, I've like found this product that I want to share. I always forget her name, but I share this information all the time. There was this girl that was an influencer whose family owned like bees or like a bee farm and Mm. they had like generations of bee farms and it was just this like really cool, quirky like part of her influencer journey. Where did she live? I have no idea. And then... She comes around with, and so like all of her like vlogs and stuff would be like day in the life. Bees. Bees. Like it was really wholesome. Of course, you're going to fall like in love with her a little bit. Yeah. And then she turns around and comes up with a bee infused hair oil company. Mm. And it was just so on brand and it felt so seamless. And no one was mad at her for being like, oh, you've capitalized on this. It was like, of course you're going to do this. Like, yeah. this is part of your journey. Like, this is part of your heritage. You've, like, you've warmed us up to this mm. and now it feels wholesome. It's not like it's expected, but you're not surprised with the product. You're like, oh, okay, of course. Yeah. cool. Whereas had she just turned up out of nowhere and been like, hi, my family owns bee farms and this is a hair oil company. Like there's yeah, no, it's a bit cold. Yeah, you're yeah. just like okay, but why would I? Why want that? should I care? Like I'm not invested in your journey. Mm, that is such a good point because I'm, I love people's stories. You oh do. my gosh, I love people's stories. Tell me why you're doing things. Tell me where you came from. I love it, and the way that I shop is through social media and through people that I care about, that I've followed their lives, that I'm invested in, knowing I like to shop like local, small business or ethically. And when I know where the where my money is going, where it's going to a whanau, like a small family, or it is helping this woman do her OE, for, like I just love supporting people that way. And also I get an amazing product that I believe in because I've followed their journey. And that is like the nail on the head as to why it's so important mm. because you're invested, you care. And like, we want to support the people that we, like we want our money to go to things that are important to us. Yes. And that makes such a difference. And so three months, Maya. Three months. Make a TikTok. TikTok. I will. I I got one. Yeah. I will, yeah. I will follow I'm- up on this. <laughs> if we don't have you running a full-fledged business by the end of this podcast series, we're gonna have a problem i will challenge accepted tonight i will create a tiktok and i will have my social media separate separate right okay yep (laughs) separate and i'll stop watching my tiktoks on instagram like an old person i know i'm sorry (laughs) one problem at a time one i'm kidding i'm kidding so many people to it i can't judge you Now, the ninth thing that you want to do out of 10 is checking out the competition. Now, this is not in a way like, oh, like what are other people doing? If anything, in the world that I'm in, like all of the people that do similar stuff to us, we're all friends and we have each other's numbers and we like text each other and be like, oh, this is so cool. Mm -hmm. Like, check out that. Like, or this is not really like an opportunity suited for me. Like, you guys take it instead. We travel together. Yeah. We do conferences together. So it's really fun. But when I started out, one of the things that I found helpful in any niche that I was in was looking at what other people were doing in my niche or genre and seeing what were they doing well and what were they doing that was perhaps missing that I wish existed Mm -hmm. and then being the brand that did that. Mm -hmm. So I noticed in the money community around the world, they were really great at making blogs and there were so many amazing blogs, but no one was really making like investing podcasts. Mm. And more importantly, no one was making investing bite-sized facts on Instagram. Mm-hmm. In the same way that you follow people that like, you know, go to the gym and then you get them on your feed and it's like, oh, this is cool. Like it's a little like inspiration. I wanted that for money content mm-hmm. and just no one was doing it. And so I was like, okay, well, what our competitors aren't doing 
is this and this is what I would want so I'll be the one that fills that in there's so many blogs I won't make a blog there's plenty of them but no one's doing the podcast no one's doing the social media content and so find almost like a table for yourself where you put in three people that are doing stuff that you kind of want to do what are they doing well of course don't copy them but get inspiration from it and then what are they not doing which needs to be done and be the person that fills that gap right okay so that already gave me an idea so being i'm interested in health and health is heavily saturated especially on instagram but my point of difference and not to use my culture as you know a capital gain or whatever that's not it but that is my point of difference is being indigenous and being maori and looking through things through a different perspective and a more holistic and different approach absolutely and that's just something that you would go oh i wish this existed oh no one's doing it yeah and that's exactly what i wish existed simple and so the last thing that you have to do to this checklist and you might be going through your idea and going okay it is this it is this it is a strong offer i've done this is it profitable right and that's <laughs> the- <laughs> why did you say it like that no because i think it's such a sweet journey that we're going through all of these checklists and you get so caught up in the idea and this is the fun creativity phase that sometimes you genuinely can forget that this is your business idea and your business is made to make money. When I was younger and my parents were like really, they were really keen on me opening my own optometry practice. Wow, they must be devastating yeah and so they were like hey you know my dad and I were just talking and he laughed one day and he was like Simran your clinic would run on donations because you would just give everyone free eye exams (laughs) because you're not good at just you know staying firm and being like like you just have so many you know what it's like people in your community and they're like hey 100% based on koha yeah based on like is it gifting Yeah. yeah gifting just you know donations turning up and being like but you know, and it doesn't necessarily charge us. Yeah, need to be money. It could be like, hey, I have a walnut tree. Here are some walnuts. I'm like, sure, let me help you. Of let course. me pay my mortgage with the walnut tree. Yeah. <laughs> and so that was something that I was like, oh, I have to work on this. And so it's about understanding all the costs associated, and it's a lot harder with physical goods so for example let's say that you sell t-shirts mm-hmm. and this is something i used to do with the merch brand it's not just oh the t-shirt cost ten dollars to make and i sold it for twenty dollars therefore i made ten dollars it's you also have to take into account the cost of the shipping how much does it cost to ship per t-shirt mm-hmm. the cost of someone packaging that order what is that rate per t-shirt what is the cost of the branding and the marketing per t-shirt and so you end up looking like per unit how much is your business spending for that t-shirt to be sold so how much are you actually making off that product right right so you might go okay well i you know it cost me 12 dollars to make so i'll sell it for 14 dollars but then that $2 margin gets eaten up if you have a sale. It gets eaten up if shipping costs go high. And so you've got to factor in things fluctuating mm-hmm. and having a healthier profit margin is always good. What if, do you mean by healthier profit mar- margin? So rather than looking at your service or product and going, okay, it's like 10% profit. So for every dollar I make, 10% of it is profit and 90% okay. is cost. It would be nicer if that number was bigger, like 30%. Right. So for every dollar that you make, you know, 30% of or 30 cents of that dollar go to you and 70 cents goes towards making Costing. it and all the other mm-hmm. costs. And there's calc- like, do not get a pen and paper and try and work this out. <laughs> I mean, you could if you're smarter than me and most of you are, but I don't think people realize I love numbers, but I hate doing it myself. I oh. love calculators. Oh, same. So you can find a calculator, like a profit margin calculator, and put in all your costs and go, okay, per item sold, how much did it cost me to get that thing sold? Right. And you want that number, that profit margin to be high. Mm -hmm. So as you scale, you can continue to make money and you don't end up 
like losing out because some businesses if they sell more but they have poor profit margins they end up losing money rather than making money oh okay so a healthy profit margin and you can just google a profit margin calculator lovely and that's all you need and so those kind of are my 10 tips or my 10 pieces to look through a checklist to work out exactly if it's a good business idea or not and if it is I think we might have a winner. Mm. And then we'd, we'd love to see it. We'd absolutely love to see it. Look, guys, we are on a journey to getting Maya to start her business. Yes. But if you're also on a journey looking to start your brand, you can join us. Let's and do this together. do it together, honestly, because for real, tonight I will set up my TikTok, set up my plan and follow through the these steps. So just to remind everyone what they are, Step one, make sure it's something you're passionate about. Checklist number two, is it scalable? Number three, are you filling a gap? Number four, is it something that people come to you for? Number five, is it a sufficiently large market? What do people in your community say? You're in a circle, but also take it with a grain of salt. Is it a strong offer, one simple strong offer, or is it lots of little ideas? Does it pass the social media test? What is your competition doing? Is there some way that you can do things better? And number 10, will it be profitable? And honestly, if your business idea passes all of this, do it. Nothing is stopping you. I 100% stand by it. I think you'd do amazing. Oh, lovely. Okay. Those 10 steps. See, the thing about me as your friend is I will follow up on yeah. this. You better no, be- I- <laughs> I will. I need to come up with a TikTok name. I do have it installed in my phone. I will say that. I do not know how to work it. We can do I that together. Old. I don't think we need a podcast episode on how to no. how to start making TikToks or how to open the app, maybe. But we can do it together. Please. All right. Well, yeah. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. I hope you were able to take something away. And we'll be back next week. Yeah. Lovely. Kakite. See you next time. And as always, to finish off with our disclaimer, Girls That Invest does not provide personalised investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence.